it's springtime, which takes us to the gardens, uh, the Royal Botanic Gardens here in Melbourne, which is where we find Tim Entwistle. Hello, Tim. Uh, good morning there, Jonathan. And it's spring in Melbourne, so that means two things almost invariably, wind and the promise of rain. <laughs> <laughs> it does, and we, we may well get both today as we, we make our way from... We, we often start in the oak lawn, but at this time of year, I, I think it's a very good place to start. Not because there's sort of the beautiful green leaves, but you can actually see the trees are doing something in over flower. there. Yeah, let's go and look at the flowers. Yeah, now, what sort of oak is this? Look, the one we're going up to here is an Algerian oak. So it looks, to all intents and purposes, like an English oak, if you look at the leaf. Yep. I mean, the flowers, they're a quite remarkable thing. Well, they are. You have this long dangly bit here, which are the male flowers. Mm. So they're, they're hanging down here, and they're going to blow, and they're not going to need much to make them blow today in this wind, and that will release the pollen that then collects on another tree, hopefully, on the little female flowers, which we can't see here, actually, and those are going to turn into acorns. I like that idea. I've always wondered where acorns come from. Well, they, they come from a flower. <laughs> That's right. They're the fruit of the flower. So, yes, yeah, so the acorn is the fruit. The acorn is the way that this, this oak tree will then grow new oak trees. You do actually get a big mass fruit production or acorn production of mm. oak. So you'll get what they call a mast year. So every maybe three to five years, your local tree will produce lots and lots of acorns. And then in the in-between years, it may produce less. Which makes piglet very sad. Um, yeah, but it makes it may, but it also means there are not too many piglets. So the idea is that it produces all that fruit, so it overwhelms the things that eat it. Uh huh. And if it, it so it, it just uh-huh. you know it puts a few out each year, so it keeps the populations at a certain level. This is the theory. Yeah. And then it suddenly puts this burst out, and there's more fruits than there are more acorns, and there are piglets or other animals, and they'll survive. Then we get oak trees. And we get oak trees. Right. But let's find a female flower. Over yeah. Here. Okay. Well, here, actually, there's, there's a combination here of a, a male flower and the tree adjacent. Yes. Those are the ones here. Well, you actually they? do get them both on the same tree. So it's just, they're, they're just a bit slow, the female flowers. They'll be, they'll be there eventually. But you're right, this one's, and this one's lost all its leaves, so it's hmm. completely deciduous with new leaves. And this one here. has big, fresh leaves, so it was deciduous. And you've got these little catechins, or these little dangly bits with the male flowers. And... I, up here, look, yeah, see, see the, 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 oh, okay. they're the most unattractive flowers you're ever going to see, so <laughs> I, it's um, perhaps not that impressive in a vase, but you can see inside here there's going to be a little acorn that will um, grow and eventually drop off the tree. How wonderfully clever. So this is a Damio oak, and again an Asian It's a big oak. leaf, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, huge, it's mm. beautiful, and quite soft, a very soft leaf, it's a... Uh, and this tree <laughs> has a lovely structure where the, the branch we're looking at is resting on the ground. So it's got, you can see it's actually just literally has stretched out whatever it is, um, 15 metres maybe, yeah. and then 10 metres and, and just, just dropped down. Is that a typical habit of this tree? It, it is, it is. And quite a few oaks, when they get very old, may do this with their lower limbs. But this one particularly seems to be... Um, just resting. Enjoying. Yeah, it's just quite calm and relaxed. I think if we go back through the Australian uh, forest board, uh, just to get a sense. So this is there's a lot in flower. Just here. Well, yeah, well, a lot of the gums are out and about, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, but equally, some of those 
tropical things are another few months off. So it's quite interesting walking in a botanic garden. You, you go through the camellias and beautiful flowers that are out right now, and then you get through areas that are still completely in, in you know, completely green foliage. What's that yellow one over there? That's in flower? Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we better look at another it. episode of Stumping Tim with That's Flowers. <laughs> can we have a quick look, though? We can. Don't mind Pretty bush. Yeah. Oh, it's got a Terrier japonica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know it because it's it's one of these things in the Melbourne gardens. I remember when I first worked here, Terrier japonica, I walked past it and it's the first time I discovered it. So you don't expect the yellow on your japonica? No, no, no. Well, on a, well, everything's called japonica, though. So oh. I used to <laughs> no, I, I used to give my father a hard time because he would always say, that's a japonica, that's a japonica. And, of course, it's a species name, which means it comes from Japan. And so right, it's usually right. so anything that's multiple species. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's the carrier bit that we should be um, interested in. The Japanese rose is what we call it. <laughs> that's a lovely, lovely, lovely plant. Yeah, it is beautiful, isn't it? Big, expansive, wild tendrils of these bright, they're almost sort of a chrysanthemum, tiny chrysanthemum shaped, bright yellow bloom. It's lovely. Oh, look at these. Love those. Oh, yeah, so sort of yellow everlasting. Got some in a window box, and it's the best thing I ever did. And are they flowering at the moment? They are. They close and they open, and it's such a treat. And they don't get eaten by possums. Really? That's another thing. Aren't they too harsh, maybe, on their, on their sensitive uh, jaws or sensitive lips? <laughs> sensitive lips. <laughs> What's that there? Well, it's a new Caledonian pad, this one. It's not really in the... Well, actually, it does grow in New South Wales and um, in Queensland as well. It's a lovely, it's, delicate flower. It's called a corkwood. But, yeah, it's a very delicate flower, very unusual. But you wouldn't pick it as, a, as an Australian plant. It's almost a tiny little white forget-me-not sort of flower. Yeah, sitting on, on a tree, sort of tree. On a big tree. Yeah. That's right. Let's wander through here. There's not so much happening in here. It's... Um, it's a bit of an antidote almost to the, the flowering that's going on so outside. So tell us where we are. So we're in the Australian Forest Walk, and these are mostly trees from New South Wales, Queensland, and coming back into Victoria as well. But the idea is to show off our local flora a bit more mm -hmm. and things that will grow in Melbourne. So we have the Cranbourne Gardens for things that love sandier soil, but here we, like a fig, we're going past here. Yep. So, um, an un a platypoda, which is an unusual fig tree, but... I don't think there's figs on this. Is some of them, some of the figs are coming out too. Under a cabbage tree palm. Yes. So that's you know Victoria and certainly over in East Gippsland. And we've got a few of the bigger eucalypts if you look up. Oh yeah. What's that one? I think that's a, um, a botryoides. That one. That's a southern, yeah, southern mahogany gun. That's okay. not a bad one, that one. Yeah, lovely specimen. Big, tall, straight trunk, isn't it? It is. I quite like these two here, which oh, yeah. <laughs> don't tell you much, but because you've got two trunks here of gum trees, basically. And one of them's the Citriodora, so one's the lemon-scented gum, mm. which you can't, you're not going to be able to check it out on its leaf. The leaves are a long way away. They're a long way yes. away. But then next to it is the, the a Sydney red gum, 
So if we just walk over here. Yeah, which is such a surprising tree, Sydney red gum. Yeah. And this is not a, you know, you find them on rocky areas and they're sort of craggy. This one's a very tall one, but the trunks are not that dissimilar. No. And that cream and grey dappled. Yeah, and quite re they're, 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 they're differently classified though. It's an angophora. So the Sydney red gum is actually what we call an angophora and sometimes an apple myrtle. And the Citriodora, the lemon-scented gum, is a eucalyptus. So they're, they're hmm. different. But what you look at the leaf of the Sydney red gum and you see, well, that's that's no eucalypt. No, no. Well, that's right. But it, it's what's interesting about this eucalypt. This is just recently, or in the last few decades, uh, all the bloodwoods have been put into a new group called Corymbia. Huh. Now, they the, one of the reasons they were put in that group is because they looked more like angophoras, and we we thought they're not really gum trees. They should be in with the Sydney red gum. So. You can sort of see it's it's you can see the similarity here, whereas these used to be a eucalypt and used to be an angophora. We've now added yeah. an extra group for those ones. Oh, that's such a nice that's a nice fine demarcation. That's well, lovely. It, and when you if you did climb the tree and look at the leaves and the flowers, you'd start to see a few similarities between oh. them as well. Anyway, it's a, it's a way we you sort of try and divide up the world so it helps you to understand it a bit better. Well, and and it's important too. I think the more we the more we have that understanding, the more we know things by name, the more we have that well, it's that clear closeness, the more perhaps we look after it. Yeah, and, I, and, and there's a little bit of a fear sometimes of, of having to learn a new name for something, or but it's if you welcome it as a bit of new knowledge about the plant mm. and telling you something extra, then you, you can embrace it, I think. What have we got on this one here? So these are the new the new leaves, but it's a it's a variety a, a purple leafed another uh, oak oak. Yeah. So yes, yeah, sorry, it's an oak tree. Yes, and it has very oaky oaky leaves in this case. Just new leaves, no flowers. So see, some of them are not producing even male flowers. That's, a, that's the magic of these trees. That never mind the flower. That that bud burst of the leaves is yeah. it's beautiful. It's a flower in itself. Isn't this it? this is really a spectacular tree. So it's an English oak called Atra purpurea, but it has this this gorgeous sort of purple colour, but then that even when they're mature, they look like that. Then in autumn, they get another kind of tone of red or purple. Mm. So it's just and look if you look back through there to see the red yeah, against the, yes. the the background there. It's just beautiful. What colours? Yeah. Garden origin. What does that mean? That means we we it's been uh, bred in in a garden or in horticulture or in okay. a nursery. Sometimes it means we don't know where it's come from, but so we try to put a name on that reflects you know what the identity of the plant is. And sometimes it's been bred in a garden, and that's as good as you know good as you get really. Now who's this? Ah, so this is an, an agathis. Spectacular. It's a, it's a, a mighty cowrie pine. So this was uh, when we. When people were voting on Australia's favourite tree, this was certainly yep. up in the in the top. I think it got the twenty or the top ten. Okay, beautiful tree, and uh, it's in the it's a kind of conifer plant, so it's related to the aracarias, you know, the hoop pines and the Norfolk Island pines. Yet the leaf on it looks a bit like a, a big chunky, almost a wattle leaf, a big sort of fleshy. Leaf. But what a grower! The sign there saying that was was planted in the mid 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. That would I, I couldn't get my arms around the diameter of that tree, never mind the circumference. The <laughs> circumference would take six of us, I think. It's, it, it's a big one. Uh, it is, and the, these um, you do find these around Victoria. In fact, I saw some over in the west of Victoria last weekend, and it's a, a rainforest tree 
an Australian tree, but perhaps not one that people, you know, really think of as a, a typical sort of gum tree, if you like. And they are very limited in where it occurs naturally. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are under, you know, they were forested and cleared like a, a lot of these these trees. And there are, um, but they, they are wonderful specimens in, in parks, but they need a lot of space. So I think it's... Yes, yes. <laughs> as you can see. Um, so you need a botanic garden or a big park to, to grow. I put that in 180 years ago, and look at it now. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> we just have to wait <laughs> very patiently. Here we are. We're back to the oak lawn. Yeah, I, I always, I tend to start and finish at the oak lawn. So yeah. often, it's just such a, a a lovely place. But you know, a very. It's these are. No oaks grow in Australia. They all grow in the Northern Hemisphere. And perhaps that's why it's kind of a nice thing in a botanic garden. It's one of those cultural things that you can do. The Dorianthes here. So this is this big um, red red flower that grows up, up near Sydney. So yes. you, you also get the Gymea lily is the big, tall, straight one, which looks like a an Olympic flame. And then there's another species which is more like a, I think of as a toothbrush. They're not mucking around with a flower, are they? They're no, no, no. This <laughs> putting all its energy uh, into <laughs> putting everything it can into big, chunky red flowers, the size of a hand. Each one's a hand. Yeah. Rush hour here in Botanic Gardens. That's right. <laughs> Perhaps uh, lunchtime. Yeah, no, they are, they are magnificent flowers, and they they, you, you often see birds poised in them. They're obviously pollinated. So, yes. <laughs> And we return back to that that fallen white oak, um, which yes. is you know the, the tree that we lost a few years ago, and is just being reflected in the pieces of wood still here. And embraced by you know lots of places in there to sit amongst the yeah. the fallen limbs of that old tree. And and lo and the lovely part too, these new oaks planted nearby with mm -hmm. their leaves just appearing now. So you know from Mexico, America, uh, again you know an interesting collection of plants from around the world. And the, what, that's a nice juxtaposition too, the everlasting daisy by the yeah. new oak. It's a meeting of worlds. It is. There's local grasses here. It's, it's a funny thing. These, there used to be daffodils around the old white oak. Mm. The tree fell. We left the daffodils for a while and they just didn't feel right. It, this feels far better. And you're right, it it's, a, it's a, a contrast, but a, quite a beautiful one. Tim, spring has sprung. Thank you for... Thank you for that wonder. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Jonathan. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.